The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Are you ready for operational excellence? Welcome to the Visual Workplace, work that makes sense, where your host and visual workplace expert, Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth, shares powerful visual principles and practices to optimize your operations and make them safer, faster, better, and far less costly. The Visual Workplace. You can't get to excellence without it. Now, here's Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth. Hi. Hi, everyone. Welcome. Welcome to our show this week. Welcome to the Visual Workplace. My name is Gwendolyn Galsworth. I'm your host on this weekly radio show about letting the workplace speak. And in each of our shows, we look at some aspect of that, of how to embed the intelligence of our operational system into the landscape of work through visual devices, through visual systems. That means how do we install our current level of thinking into the living landscape, the physical environment of our operations, whether we're in a bank, in an office, in healthcare, manufacturing, continuous process flow, open pit mine, retail, doesn't matter. It's a workplace. And we're intelligent. And we do things. And we do things in order. And we want to do things better. But how do we know what better is? Most companies rely on KPIs, which are very, very weak forms, a very weak form of a feedback system to tell us. We have to wait for the result to tell us how we're doing. But what would it be like if the workplace itself was the feedback mechanism? If the workplace was given a voice to let us know how we are doing each and every moment that we are executing our so-called standard operating procedures. We are converting the material. We are serving our customers. What would it be like if we installed a language that reflects the current level of our operational excellence, however excellent or not excellent we may be at this moment, so that the system itself is giving us feedback concretely and specifically through visual devices that are intentionally designed to do that. Visual mini systems and macro systems where we can literally see how we think and predict how that thinking will function because we see it, we've captured it. This is a visual workplace. It is so much more than just a set of point solutions, or, if you will, with great respect, a handmaiden of lean. It is its own improvement strategy, like two wings of a bird. One wing is lean, looking at the critical path, looking at pull, and the other wing is what you do with information, looking at adherence, and looking at flow. Mm, Together, they represent a highly functioning operational system, like two wings in the bird. Which wing is more important? 
Well, you know, when you ask the bird, you know what the bird will do? It will fly off and give you that answer. I need both of them. You've seen birds with a broken wing. God bless them. They flap and they flap and they flap, but they don't get to their destination. So in this show, letting the workplace speak has very, very important bottom line benefits. Improved safety, quality, aligned delivery time, shrinking costs, profit margin, and also splendid cultural alignment, a spirited and engaged workforce on all levels. Today, we're going to continue our conversation about the executive level. Not immune to visuality. In fact, in my view, in my opinion, and in my experience, the effective leader is a visual leader. Without visuality, that leader is hampered, is hamstrung. And most leaders, I've noticed, use little bits of uh, visuality, like point solutions. They use a little poster here, a little poster there, a little format there, some KPIs on a high level. But that is similar to point solutions on the uh, operational level. It does something. It's better than nothing, and it and we celebrate that. But does it actually give you a new competency? Does it help you realize the potential? Not at all. So, with through visuality, the enterprise becomes increasingly more conscious, more connected. We enjoy ourselves along the way. We have a full event. It's called our work. It's oh wonderful. So I want, I'm very excited about sharing what we're going to be talking about today. And I have a few announcements. I have some really wonderful things to tell you. First of all, you already received it this morning, our new newsletter, The Visual Thinker, created by the talented Miss Cindy Linden. We thought she was our ace executive administrator. But she, it turns out, has many other gifts, and the newsletter you have in hand is just one of them. Hooray! What a marvelous, marvelous surprise. And the thing about newsletters is that you have to love to reach out. You have to love to connect in order to find the oomph to get these darn newsletters together. There's so much work. And as Ms. Linden is conceiving of it, this isn't once a month, it's going to be every week. I'm not going to say every stinking week because I celebrate that as well. (laughs) But I have a little part to play in it. I've got to write an article every week. So the newsletter, The Visual Thinker, is where you will find the announcement for this radio show. It's no longer going to come separately. It's going to be part of the newsletter right there at the top. But that's not all. You'll also find out about my upcoming public seminars and public webinars. We're having our first in a new series on November the 6th, and there'll be details about that in the newsletter next week. Please, please join us. We think that it's worth it. You'll also find out about our featured product of the month, discounted and brought prettily to your attention this month. It's for our DVD system, which I think used to be something like $1,200. You can check on Amazon. And is now, for this month, selling for $799. That's 10 DVDs. This darn system used to sell for $3,600. No, this was when I was... Ah, anyway, it was many years ago. (laughs) Plus, every week there's going to be a fine article on visuality that is going to be formatted so that you can pass it on to others. And there will also be a featured visual device, a visual solution for you to contemplate and for you to use, please check out our news, 
our new newsletter, The Visual Thinker. It's an e-newsletter. And if you're not on our mailing list, let us know. Just go to our website and send us an email, or you can email us at radio at visualworkplace.com. Please check it out. We've got other things cooking. Well, first, I want to thank you again, Cindy. God bless you. Wonderful, wonderful work. And our illustrious word and editing guru, Aurelia Navarro, who is very much a part of the process. And Aurelia is doing other things. The smart, simple design book is done. It is done, 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 done. The index nearly sunk us. It was a haul, and it is a wonderful, splendid book. Aurelia Navarro, who has her own company called Words at Work, has shepherded five shingle prize-winning books into existence. Two of them, only two of them were mine. She has worked night and day on Smart Simple Design, and I think it's gorgeous. It should be available for you by next week on Amazon, on our Amazon site. Smart Simple Design Reloaded. But that's not all. (laughs) We are recreating ourselves. This is very exciting times. So let me just tell you, look, I don't usually take a lot of time on announcements, but I need to tell you this. So Horatio Fairburn, who heads up our technical projects, is heading up two really great ones. One of them is he's preparing our on-demand teaching webinars on a new delivery platform. Right now we have about 20 of them. They're on-demand, and people usually buy them for a year, and they use them to teach their staff. They're very, very good. One of them is um, my set on Work That Makes Sense, my operator-led visuality book. Beautiful, beautiful. There are 11, and then there's four more for behind the scenes for management, and we also have a mistake-proofing that we've done in concert with Martin Hinckley, who's our NASA scientist. These are terrific courses of learning and thinking and applying, hundreds of examples explained along with the principles of thinking and the practices, and the new platform will provide really terrific navigation, flexibility, bright, clear images, just splendid. This is another load of hard work, but we really require it. We've got such wonderful material that we have to deliver it to you in the best, most complete way. And Horatio is brilliant at this. He loves everything about the computer. We hesitate to call him our geek because he's not really ours. (laughs) He belongs to the universe, but he also is much, much more. But I will tell you, he's really expert at this. And he's loving it. This is the thing. And I think it's so important. It's the thing that I hope my, 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 my company nourishes. And that is that people love their work. We find a way for them to contribute that they can really bring themselves to it, if I may say so, that they can bring their eye to it. Okay, eye-driven. Eye-driven and eye-inspired. Well, Horatio is also putting the finishing touches on the Shingo Visual Workplace course. I created this course in 2009, and then it got stuck, and now Horatio is unsticking it, and I say, hooray, please expect that by the end of October. It might be the first week in November, but this is an eight-hour course that the Shingo Prize Uh, asked me to do that meets all of their criteria. It's self-learning and it will be available. So I want to thank you, thank the splendid, splendid team here at Visual Workplace, at Visual Thinking, and also the splendid team because there's one more announcement, just one more, and that is we're getting a new website. Thanks to the team at Stellar Active here in Portland. Sherry Collins and her chief designer, Rupert, are putting together a wonderful new website. It'll have a membership component. It'll have a complete selection. You'll be able to see things and learn things. And it's just 
So exciting. So exciting. I'm bursting at the seams with happiness, pride, anticipation, or as our friend from Rocky uh, Horror Show, anticipation. <laughs> I can't say I can't say the way Tim did. What was its last name? Tim Burt. Oh, no, that was the director. Uh, I'll find it out during the break. So please stay tuned. Our podcasts, as usual, are available on our website, visualworkplace.com. They're grouped into categories. There's a description of each. We're having our first webinar on Thursday, November the 6th. We're going to Scotland Grant's Whiskey Factory in uh, the first week in November. It might be the second week. I'm very excited. Siemens in Cambridge, also in December in the UK. Very excited. Oh, my God. We're at our first break, and I've just gotten through the announcements. Please forgive me, but I want to share. I wanted to share my happiness with you. Perhaps I did it too quickly. Well, you can listen again if you want all the details. I am so happy to have such a wonderful team uh, building visuality so that it can reach you. Please drop us an email at radio at visualworkplace.com. Visit our site, visualworkplace.com, and look for our newsletter next week. So let's slip into our first break, and we will begin our uh, discussion of visual leadership on the executive level as soon as we get back. See you in a minute. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Are you ready to bring the power of the visual workplace to your company? Gwendolyn Galsworth, visual workplace expert and award-winning author, is available to help you harness and maximize that power. With nearly 30 years of hands-on experience, Dr. Galsworth shows you how through in-house seminars, site assessments, total company conversions, keynotes, coaching, and consulting. Learn about visuality through our books, DVDs, on-demand webinars, visual edge learning packages, and a host of other teaching materials. Enroll in the Visual Lean Institute and get trained and licensed as an instructor or QMI affiliate in any of our nine core visual workplace courses. Keep your visual workplace going and growing. Visit our website at visualworkplace.com to learn more about workplace visuality, our products and services, and when Gwendolyn will be presenting near you. That website again is visualworkplace.com. Today's business marketplace is becoming increasingly global thanks to technologies that didn't even exist a few short years ago. Your business might be a startup or you might be one of the global 500. Either way, you're probably looking at customers and competitors in faraway regions. Listen for Global Reach with host Tay Revez as she brings together experts, ideas, and listeners to help you anywhere in the world. Global Reach is broadcast every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio, Voice America Business Network. You're listening to The Visual Workplace, work that makes sense with Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to radio at visualworkplace.com. Now, back to the program. 
Hi, welcome back. This is Gwendolyn Galsworth, and I'm welcoming you back to the second part of our show today at the Visual Workplace. Thank you. Glad you're here. So let's begin our discussion about the house worth building, about building your improvement horizon. This is the fifth show in our series on becoming a leader of improvement, the executive function, and we are going to be walking through constructs or tools that support leadership as defined as a leader of improvement. But let's look at that definition of leadership. And I wanted to share with you some time-honored words of Vance Packard, a marketing guru of the 1960s, because he said something like this. He didn't say this. He said something like this. And I'll get to that point in just a moment. Leadership appears to be the art of getting others to do something you are convinced should be done. Sounds right, doesn't it? Leadership appears to be the art of getting others to do something you are convinced should be done. But in fact, this is a misquote. There are just there are two words missing. There are two little words missing, but with them all the meaning. And I want to let this be our lead-in to our discussion of executive leadership as a visual component, becoming a leader of improvement, the visual executive. I want to begin by clearing up what he actually said. What Vance Packard actually said was, leadership appears to be the art of getting others to want to do something you are convinced should be done. Leadership appears to be the art of getting others to want to do something you are convinced should be done. In a sense, they are enrolling into what you want to see done because they believe in it as well. Mm -hmm. And that want to is really operational. I don't want you to lose sight of it as we go through a construct that, for me, I will characterize as I-driven. Because I will tell you, without your I, your individuality, your spirit, your commitment, your conviction, your vision, in the leadership construct, in the leadership configuration, you'll never be able to convince anybody that they want to do what you want them to do. You won't be able to do it. It is only when your I, and this is the letter I, not your sense I, your, your physical I, but the letter I as an individual, the letter I as in the pronoun, the letter I as in identity. It is only when your I is strong and clear and decisive, and full, that others' eyes will listen. They will listen and either agree or disagree. That doesn't mean that you can't be diplomatic, politic, careful, generous, spirited, but it means you need to know. You need to know what part of this is you so you can talk about it. And that is, in a sense, what I want to talk to you about today, kind of the core the seed of what I want to say to you today. The vocabulary of the visual workplace extends not only on the operational supervisory and management level, but it must also extend into the boardroom and into the mind and the heart 
of the leader, the executive leader. So this, our fifth show in our series on becoming a leader of improvement, the executive function, is what we're going to begin to focus on. And we're going to translate this, these ideas into an actual tool. When I talk about the executive function and the visual executive, I'm talking about, as I have done in a couple of shows ago, a new job description, a new role for executives, one that is grounded in the structure of visuality. That structure, visuality, provides many benefits. Some of them are obvious. You can see it. But others are subtle. The obvious part is that you can see it. That these devices on the executive level, these tools, I'll name them in a moment, allow the executive to see, to define, to decide, to drive. To drive what? The corporate intent. To identify, understand, and operationalize the corporate intent. Because that's the executive's job. And those five physical, visual tools or constructs are the operation systems improvement template, which we will begin today, shorthand the house, the X-type matrix, metrics that drive versus metrics that monitor, the war room, and the operations roadmap. Those are five. And these five come out of my experience working with many, many companies and many executives on what part of visuality will help them, what is their job, and how can visual help, these five have surfaced. And they work together. Yes, you can take one or two or three of them kind of in isolation, but when you get all five of them to move together, you have a complete role, a complete executive function. But I want to uh, uh, map this carefully. The improvement function. These are not maintenance tools. These are not tools of compliance. These constructs are not there for you to maintain your current level of functionality, of operations, but to improve it. To improve it out of the recognition that this is a competitive world, but also that we as humans have an appetite for improvement. The mind is a pattern-seeking mechanism. We seek and make sense out of our environment, and on that platform of sense, we build more sense. We build more beauty, more refinement. We seek and we find the pattern, the sense, and we use that as a platform to the next level, continuously, continuous improvement. When we make that level, each of those levels physical, visual, that gives us a much more powerful platform to move from because of visuals ability to embed information and to embed thinking what I said at the opening of the show because visual devices are by definition structure they exist they can absorb a great deal of thinking this is a quantum that is beyond value Visual tools, visual constructs provide the executive margin. I have spoken that word very, very often in the last year. Margin, space. These tools absorb our thinking. They also absorb our doubt. The tension of not knowing. They allow us to query, 
to ask and to land. They allow us to think. And in that thinking, we rest. The executive needs this the same way as a supervisor does. When I was talking about becoming a leader of improvement on the supervisory management level, it is exactly the same kind of rest, margin space, that the operator needs to feel what? To feel in control of my corner of the world. In that thinking that these visual tools, visual devices provide because they embed the current state, we can then rest and reconsider. They are like stations, stopping points, where we can put down our luggage, unpack it, unload it, and rethink it, reconfigure it, decide what to keep, what to leave behind because we can see it. We can finally see it, and as we see it, we understand it. We are creatures of our senses. And when we engage our senses and our mind together, we understand we know much, much more. So we look at the baggage, we look at the luggage, and we decide what to take before we move on, what to leave behind before we move on towards our destination. That's why we have luggage to begin with. These constructs give us a place to pause. And they have another wonderful element to them. They are almost limitlessly expandable. If our vision grows for the enterprise, the formats grow. These five formats I mentioned, the house, the X-type, metrics that drive the war room and the operations roadmap. For today, for example, we're going to look at the house, the so-called house. You may know it as the temple, as in the Toyota temple. It's a roof, some pillars, a wide set of steps, and populated with names, with abbreviations, the names of things. In Toyota, we have as the roof, the goal, highest quality, lowest cost, shortest lead time. That's the roof. And you you get it, everything else supports that roof, the pillars, just in time on the left, Jadoka on the right, continuous flow, tag time pull system on the left, part of just in time. This is the original Toyota house, not the kind of way it's morphed over the years. I would say original 1982. On under Jadoka, stop and notify of abnormality, separate man's work from the machine work. And then on the base we have Hijunka, standardized work, Kaizen, stability. The famous Toyota production system house, TPS house. Many of you know it. Populated. And many of you have adapted this house for your own operation system. The house was Toyota. It was developed by Toyota as a place to, what I'm saying before, post their thinking about the elements of a viable business-oriented, profit-making business system on the operations level. But I want you for a moment to think of it this way. Think of it in its original, original form, just when it came out of somebody's head, probably Ono's head, Taichi Ono. It was a list. It was a list. And what we see in this house is a list that has, in a sense, been operationalized, been put in a format. And putting that list of things to do, tools to get, practices to learn and apply, putting it in a physical format, shape of this house, this temple, makes all the difference in the world. And you must 
ask yourself, why does it make a difference? Because then you'll begin to understand the homework assignment that I'm going to be giving you before the end of the show. It makes a difference because you can see it. You think that's patently obvious? Then I say to you, what is it that you can see? What is the it? And we'll talk about that right after this next break. I'll be here when you get back. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Are you ready to bring the power of the visual workplace to your company? Gwendolyn Galsworth, visual workplace expert and award-winning author, is available to help you harness and maximize that power. With nearly 30 years of hands-on experience, Dr. Galsworth shows you how through in-house seminars, site assessments, total company conversions, keynotes, coaching, and consulting. Learn about visuality through our books, DVDs, on-demand webinars, visual edge learning packages, and a host of other teaching materials. Enroll in the Visual Lean Institute and get trained and licensed as an instructor or QMI affiliate in any of our nine core visual workplace courses. Keep your visual workplace going and growing. Visit our website at visualworkplace.com to learn more about workplace visuality, our products and services, and when Gwendolyn will be presenting near you. That website again is visualworkplace.com. Welcome to the unique job search community of Lynn Radice Live. You do have the power to land the perfect job. If you are unemployed or underemployed or looking for your next career move, tune in to Lynn Radice Live. Get a job, no excuses. This is a first-of-its-kind job empowerment show. Lynn will identify the most critical needs in today's job market and show you how you can get a top position today. Get ready. Let's get hired. Lynn Radice Live airs live every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Business. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to The Visual Workplace, work that makes sense with Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to radio at visualworkplace.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back. Welcome back to the third part of our show today at the Visual Workplace. I'm Gwendolyn Galsworth, and I'm very happy to be here sharing with you my approach, my thinking, principles and practices of visual leadership as I've come to construct it over the years, becoming a visual leader of improvement, the executive level. Just before the break, we were talking about the well-known house of Toyota, and I was asking you to question it, to really look at it and say, what am I seeing? What does it mean? What am I seeing? What does it mean? This and the next question I'm going to give you are two questions that we use when we assess a plant. They're very powerful. It's the way that I teach others to assess you keep your mouth shut, you open your eyes, you open your senses, and you say, what am I seeing as you walk through the plant? What does it mean? 
And then you ask, what am I not seeing? What does it mean? And especially if you do stay silent and you keep repeating those questions, you'll feel the strain against your brain that says, what are you talking about, Gwendolyn? Why am I doing that? Why am I... Let me ask somebody a question and I'll give you an answer. Don't hamstring me by making me keep my mouth shut. But I say keep your mouth shut because when your mouth is shut, your brain opens, your mind can open. When you're talking, for the most of us, other parts of us are shut down. Some people are lucky. They can talk and think at the same time. Talk and embrace a very, very large flow of information that's coming through them. But that's pretty rare. So you say, what am I seeing? What does it mean? Silently. Maybe have a little memo pad there to take some notes. And then, what am I not seeing? What does it mean? And that's, that's when I approached the house. This kicked in for me. What am I seeing? Ah, I'm seeing a list. I'm seeing a structure. And what am I not seeing? I'll get to the not seeing part, the missing part in a moment. But let's pursue with the house, the temple. What am I seeing? So you recognize the structure. And the other thing that you'll see if you look and just let your brain relax is that structure automatically demonstrates the relationship between the parts. The relationship, for example, between the pillars and the roof, we get it, especially because it's a well-known structure. We get how houses and temples work. But it is also the relationship between the names of things, the tack time, the judoka, the just-in-time, the kaizen, the hijunka, all of these names. It's not important for you to know what these names mean. Not for this show, not right now. We can discuss them another time. They all mean something and they're all very useful. But what I want you to get is the structure allows us to see the relationship between these elements. Because that which is on the roof is obviously supported by that which is underneath it, by the pillars. And the way we access the temple is through these steps. So we begin to understand the relationship between these elements. Please notice this. Because this relationship, once seen, allows us to make higher level connections. Remember, the mind is a pattern-seeking mechanism. We look for the connection between things so we can make sense. We use it as a platform for yet another understanding. Allow your mind to work in this way. and, And, you know, be silent so that it can work. This wonderful silence that is so hard to find at work. And this is the telling difference between a list and the understanding that follows. The temple gives us the construct, the relationship. Notice this. And you will also understand how power-giving visuality is, how empowering visuality is, because it shares information on both an obvious and a subtle level. And something more on a subtle level is something that I call the third focus. When we take what is in our head, out of our head, and put it on a surface, put it in a format, we are enabled in a new way. There's me, there's the idea, that's one, that's two, and now there's a third focus, 
the format itself. When we put things on a format, even as simple as a list, for example, remember our maturity model from a few weeks ago, the lowest level of function, the one that almost always failed was when the idea was in someone's head and he or she communicated through emails and directives. The next jump came when that person or their, the next person who took their place because they were fired, when the next, when the information was put on a list, that was a big breakthrough. It's just put into a plan. When it is third focus in a format, we can think about it. We post it on the wall. We put it on the table. We make notes in our memo pads. We can think about it because it now exists. It exists in a physical sensory sense. When I say physical, I mean sensory. It exists in a sensory world. This is a world that we know we are sensory beings. Therefore, we live in a sensory-based informational world, visual, auditory, smell, taste, touch, the world of our senses. We see it, we can see it, we can touch it. While it is true that we cannot hear, not yet, what is on the piece of paper or smell it unless there's some really cool chemical on the paper and we don't usually taste it till we get, unless we get really furious and then we just eat it. <laughs> but seeing and touching is powerful enough. Seeing and touching that paper because other parts of our brains are ignited and I want you to appreciate this. I want you to know how powerfully important it is that we are creatures of our senses because then we can connect in a more complete way. Every great educator knew this and knows this. They know this. I think, of course, of Maria Montessori, who allowed children to learn through their senses, and she also gave them some wonderful other conditions in the environment that helped them. Mostly she saw their eye. She saw the child as an individual, which was breakthrough in the 1900s early 20th century. I think of Winston Churchill, a genius of the senses. In the way he talked and his very presence, the fact that he showed up. But also think about Helen Keller, what an educator she was, bereft of sight and sound. She was yet an intensely sensory and sensual being. She taught us so much, even though she inhabited only two of her senses. There are lessons that we learned from her, and they pointed the way. You may say these are extreme examples, and what the heck do they have to do with the house? Well, I'm going to put it together for you now. This so-called house that we're going to start, that we have now begun deconstructing today so we can build it, and it will take us several shows to complete, is the first of the five tools in order to create an executive who is, let me describe him or her, powerful, Effective, confident, ready, empowering, decisive, alert, subtle, generous, giving and forgiving, definitive, a leader. Many of you are very familiar already with the house. Maybe the house of Danaher, Toyota, as I mentioned, Virginia Mason, Lockheed Martin, Scania, J&J. Please know that my point is not so much to tell you about these houses or why they appear to be important. No, not that. My point today is to tell you to know them. 
And in knowing them, you must question them. You must challenge them. Even if they were sent down, your house was sent down from corporate for you to follow and post on your boardroom wall, plant managers. Take it and smile and say thank you, but don't accept it in your heart and mind. Don't allow it to be a superficial thing. Challenge it. These houses cannot be taken at face value. They are of no use to you as such. I mean, some of you use it prettily to, you know, to say, oh, we're going to be doing just in time. This is where Kaizen fits. But that is the most superficial way of using what you've been given. It's just passing it on. Visual leadership is eye-driven leadership. If you do not bring your eye to this party, there is no party. There is just you. It's Borg thinking. It's just Borg Don't let Borg overtake your thinking. You are a leader. You must own this house. And the only way to own it, in my experience, is to tear it apart and reconstruct it brick by brick. These houses are otherwise useless. You'll use them, but you won't be able to operationalize them. And you will not be able to bend them to your will. You will not be able to own them and use them, deploy them, unless you understand them inside out and unless you reject parts of them until they make sense. Ultimately, it's going to be the same corporate poster for those of you who are stuck like that. I'll be talking to two groups in this part of the series. The first are those of you who do not, have not yet committed your vision, your thinking your executive process to the house format. You don't have a house or a temple. And we'll talk about building that and what's the logic of it so that you can own it because it's going to be the centerpiece until you get to the next construct, the X-type matrix. So one group will not yet have this and not know its power because you haven't experienced it. The second group will be for those of you who already have a house usually it's not your own or if it's corporate it was done a committee in a committee and even if you were sitting in on that committee you know how much of yourself you had to give up to get to a place of consensus in the eye-driven world in this first iteration it is really important not to work for consensus you can do consensus later but first, you need to know how you think, feel, what you value, what's important, what's first, what's second, and what's 30th. You have to know this, leader, or else you can't lead. How will you make a decision when there are competing priorities? On what basis? What is your criteria and what is your love? What do you love? What is this vision? Does it burn in you? Or does it just sit there? because it has been provided by corporate. Work is a deeply personal event. Deeply personal. We have to engage parts of us. We have to bring all of us, all of us, to work. There was a poet I used to walk through the lakes with, me and 10 or 12 other admiring people, admiring of his poetry, David White. He works the corporate world now. 
W-H-Y-T-E. I like him so much. But he talked about how it was important to bring all of ourselves to our lives and to our work and not leave the better part of us in the parking lot, in our car, in the back seat with the window slightly cracked so it would still be breathing when we got out of work and we could then uh, take that part of us, the better part of us, to our life outside of work. But I, I, I say to you, I agree completely with David. And what I'm saying is how do you bring all of you to your work? All of the parts that you want to bring. Because work is a glory. It's such an opportunity to learn, to express, to see ourselves, to grow, to grow, to grow. And the house is going to be a major part of that for the leader. I've seen it happen again and again. So we're sliding into our third and last break of our show today. And um, we'll pick this up when you get back. I'll be here. Thank you. America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Are you ready to bring the power of the visual workplace to your company? Gwendolyn Galsworth, visual workplace expert and award-winning author, is available to help you harness and maximize that power. With nearly 30 years of hands-on experience, Dr. Galsworth shows you how through in-house seminars, site assessments, total company conversions, keynotes, coaching, and consulting. Learn about visuality through our books, DVDs, on-demand webinars, visual edge learning packages, and a host of other teaching materials. Enroll in the Visual Lean Institute and get trained and licensed as an instructor or QMI affiliate in any of our nine core visual workplace courses. Keep your visual workplace going and growing. Visit our website at visualworkplace.com to learn more about workplace visuality, our products and services, and when Gwendolyn will be presenting near you. That website again is visualworkplace.com. In sales, are you a lion or a vulture? Lions don't wait. They just go for it. Vultures hang around until the lions are finished and just pick up the scraps. How can you set yourself apart as a lion? Join the other aspiring sales lions and listen to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something with host Ty Maynard. You'll learn the tips and strategies of top sales professionals. You'll gain more clients at a faster rate and at higher margins. If you're a sales professional, business owner, or executive, listen in every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to The Visual Workplace, work that makes sense with Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5790 or send an email to radio at visualworkplace.com. Now, back to the program. Hi, welcome back. This is Gwendolyn. We're in the last part of our show today about building the house. 
And I'm kind of setting up the rules for how I think and why I think this house should be built and not simply adopted from a corporate or adopted from a nearby plant that is, seems to be using the so-called house very effectively. Just before the break, I was cautioning you to question every part of it. Even if it is a requirement, you're going to have to do it. Do not put a brick in place and let it stay there unless you understand it and unless you find a way to want it to be there so that your eye is ignited. Do not let Borg overtake your thinking. Question everything. As uh, The show on philosophy, Philosophy Talk, have you listened to that? It's NPR. Excuse me, I'm making a sensational confession here that I like NPR, but I do like some of those shows so much. Philosophy Talk, and they say their show is question everything except your intelligence. Question everything except your intelligence, except your eye. Accept that spirit that is your go. What fires you? What is ignited? Already, fan the flames. You must do this. You must. In my model, the house is the first of the five visual building blocks for the executive. And because it is the first, it is the most important to get right. But by the way, when we get to the second, the X type, that'll become the most important to get right. And the same thing with the third, the fourth, and the fifth. So each one of these must be infused with your understanding, with your eye, so that you can make it go. Careful, complete steps from the get-go. Don't short-circuit your thinking, executives. Show up. Bring all the parts of you. And that brings me to another subtle element, eye-driven I've mentioned it. I just want it to be very clear. This is you. That when these are posted, this is you. And what usually happens when I work with an executive, what I prefer is the executive creates this house eye-driven. They have to deconstruct it because it's been given by corporate. Then they reconstruct it until they own it. This will take two or three months because the executive is busy and because I want him to take the time to think. I want her to find some stolen hours on the airplane and start building this house. Only when it's built is it then ready for others. I do not approve of this being done in, um, in meetings in, as consensus. Not yet. You don't know who you are yet. I've often said teams happen too quickly. If you don't have strong eyes, then you just have politics as usual. Everyone's going to be agreeing with you. They won't bring their own thinking to it. So the process usually, sometimes I hit incredible resistance and I let the executive do it their way. They fail and then we go back to my way. That's also a very effective way of learning. takes a little longer, but you know what? You've been governing all these years without an eye-driven house you'll just continue to do it for a while longer. But what I want is for the executive to construct the house on his or her own, two or three months, that's okay, two months, a month, I've never seen it done in a month, and really, really understand it and own it, and then give the same assignment to your direct report. You can do it in parallel, but they're separate, separated, isolated assignments. They are not 
uh, adjusted by talking to each other until it's complete. They get the same training, the same as the executive does. It takes about three hours to set up the house. Here are the components of the house. We'll start this next week. Here are the components of the house. What we get right is do it by yourself. Sometimes we give the executive someone, a VP of improvement, someone very, very close to be a sounding board. But that person will construct their own house as well. There's usually three or four of these that are done, sometimes in pairs. But the executive is singular, maybe with a sounding board, a person to just talk through matters through. Someone who is a confidant and uh, who is a good thinker. Must be eye-driven. Not just this, but everyone. I can tell you the first house of Toyota did not come out of a committee. It came out of Ono thinking or the owner of Toyota, Mr. Toyota. And then it was published. And then it became popular in Japan and then everywhere. But these are not lists that have been put on a piece of paper, pasted onto a house. These are your, this is the juice. This is your plan. We have to ask ourselves in the parlance of visuality, what is motion for the executive? What is moving and not working? What is motion for the executive? And I would contend that motion is not having this clear, big piece of the motion. Where is the executive's value field? Where is it? And if you say it's the whole corporation, then how's he going to do that? How's she going to command that value field where she adds value? You have to think about these things. What would it be if the executive's value field are these five constructs? Maybe that's the value field. I'd like you to think about that. Okay? So your homework is, I guess, to get ready. We will start the components next week. We will walk through the components. If you were to look at the model that I'm looking at now, two, four, six, seven, eight. There are eight levels, and they're all connected. Eight levels, eight components of this temple. And they all have a name. They have a name that you think that you know, like vision, mission. You think you know these. And you may know them, but I will know when you know them because you will have discovered them anew for yourselves. This will not be acquired knowledge. This, would be, this will be created knowledge. You will create your own understanding and you will test it and question it. Because your position in the company is that important. If you ask operators to get on board with operator-led visuality or lean or Kaizen events, what is your contribution to the improvement work culture? How are you making it happen? By ordering it? By mandate? I, I think that there's more. And that more is the glory of knowing. Of knowing the direction you want to take the company in. Knowing what and knowing why. Knowing what and knowing why. So please think about these things. We will continue with the house. I think it will take us probably another three or four episodes. I hope you find this interesting. I believe I've made the points that I intended to today, and I hope that you found them useful. I've had a wonderful time with you today, and I look forward to the next time. This is Gwendolyn Galsworth, and I'm signing off.
appreciate your joining us this week for The Visual Workplace, work that makes sense. Please tune in for another episode next Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, featuring your host, Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth, on the Voice America Business Channel. Thanks again for listening. Thank you.